and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 119. I'm your host, Kamran Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. Dude, it's Sunday, October 3rd. It is the month. It is the month. We're in the spooky month. It's spook time, guys. Put on the spook vision. Let's get crazy. We're getting haunted. You're going to wake up and there's going to be a man there and he's going to say boo and you're going to say, how'd you get into my house? And he's going to say I'm a ghost. And that's not a ghost. You should probably call the cops. I always use like October as an excuse to, well, I try to use it as an excuse to play scary games and watch scary movies, but I almost never actually get around to doing that. But this month. You're dragging me to a bunch of movies. Not dragging. You're taking me to a bunch of movies. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I can't movies. wait for the fucking Alamo to open. Oh, no. I don't want to go to the movies, man. It's too much. I'm just giving you shit, dude. <laughs> also, I have a terrible memory, so I keep forgetting. It's like, oh, yeah, that's coming up, like, real soon. Anyway. So, I'm actually going to watch some scary movies this month. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Sutra Side Talk, a fucking show where we talk about <laughs> what we've been playing and what we've been watching and a little bit of news here and there. And we don't want to do that much news this week. So we got two small things, not to mention the fact that nothing was really happening this week. TGS did happen, but nothing of note to really talk about. And uh, what really is going to be big this episode is we're going to talk about Shang-Chi and Loki. And if we have more time, we'll see what else we can throw into a, this episode. But we'll do a... It's it's, in, it's interesting because we're skipping over Black Widow for now. But we will probably get to it in about, I'd say, yeah. two episodes, maybe? Doesn't that come out the 8th on... Uh, oh, that's in like Disney five Pulse? days. Yeah, like I looked it up like for the last episode or something like that. And I, I think it was like October 8th or something. If that's the case, maybe we can even talk about it. If we could, maybe next week Unless or this coming episode. Like, we'll see. Yeah. Or most likely, though, it'll be within the next two weeks, though, for sure. We'll knock that out uh, as we're getting all the big titles on our backlogs finally out of the way. Yeah. Uh, we did Army of the Dead, if you haven't listened to it yet. That was episode 118. But yeah, this, this week is Loki and Shang-Chi. So a couple big Marvel ones right there. Uh, before we dive into that, though, are uh, you ready to jump just right into the news and get this stuff over with? Yep. All right. So first up, uh, both of the news pieces uh, this week are uh, gaming, So, which I feel like doesn't happen too often. It's usually maybe one of those crazy showcases or directs, but we don't normally just get, oh, it's just like gaming news or something, because all the big events have been happening nonstop now. And it's like, oh, little individual pieces. What a nice difference this time it's not going to take up the whole episode yeah uh first off we have uh some revelations to the delays of god of war ragnarok it turns out christopher judge who is uh the voice of kratos uh back in the 2018 god of war and in the current sequel coming up ragnarok uh was the reason for the delay and uh the reason is because he had to undergo uh, surgery to his knee and get both of his hips replaced and, and then surgery. go through rehab for it. So, oh, yeah, back surgery, too. Shit. Yeah. So he basically like, yeah, like that sound like there must have been some 
serious problems going on because that that's a that sounds like a lot of surgery yeah and santa monica sony santa monica pretty much said okay and because of that you know they can't get any of his yeah recordings in so you gotta wait for that and i forgot that he was he's not just the voice actor he also was doing the mocap yes so he physically did have to keep moving so or be moving on set so like him the way he phrased it is he literally could not walk i also like that he started off this chain of tweets saying like no one sanctioned this but i'm gonna say it anyway yeah which is great (laughs) and and he basically was just like yeah i'm sorry everyone that like is upset that this game got delayed but it's because i had some serious medical problems and sony santa monica never once said like you know anything like oh who do you think you are you know you we we're gonna do this with or without you like he they they basically were like take all the time you need don't worry we'll we'll do this when you're uh, like doing better like that's super nice. And he was apparently extremely grateful for them and felt he had to actually say it out loud. Yeah. And it, it's really awesome. And they also have the luxury to afford since it is a single player game. Like it's also not, that. it's like, remember when uh, Destiny Forsaken was coming out and they couldn't get Nathan Fillion in because of co- uh, scheduling yeah. conflicts. So they had to bring in Nolan North to do his voice. And it's like, you know, you want to delay the whole thing for that. But I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Nolan North was Cade when he died, but everything Damn, before Nolan that North was... Nolan was a really uh, good voice actor. I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> Nolan North can be Nathan Fillion. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, there's different timetables because it's a service game. It's an MMO and there's multiplayer. So there's a lot of difference there. So it, it's cool, though, that Sony Santa Monica was able to do that. And... I said it before, like, I'm fine with the delays. My, my grep was more so not even anything related to that. It was more just like, God damn, fucking also, PS5 gave my ass. Yeah. PS4. yeah. But, you know, that was Also, it. for me, like, the, I never once thought that they actually were going to get that game out this year. I no one that, thought that. I thought that was a huge stretch. So the fact that it even was delayed is kind of... I want to say kind of surprising to me because like I did, like I said, I didn't expect it to come out anytime soon anyway. So they could have said nothing and just said like, oh yeah, we always expect, uh, meant it to come out in 2023. It just, I don't know. 2022. Oh, uh, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So this like year's 2021. All right. So I don't know. I just think it, <laughs> well, no, I know <laughs> that. <laughs> Why did no, you think, I think 2023? <laughs> You know what I think uh, that probably came from? That was probably from when Kind of Funny, I think Blessing or someone else was saying that they wouldn't be surprised if this game didn't even come out till 2023. So that's probably what oh, I was like, thinking Oh, like not of. even just like, oh, we're delaying this a year and a half. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <sighs> if they delayed it a year, it would still be 2022. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. So... No, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I don't know where you were going either. <laughs> Shit. Oh well. But yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, he will you attempt to remember that? Like, it, it's no skin off anyone's bones. Like, I mean, besides the fact no. that they took skin off of his bones potentially when they did the yeah. surgeries. Who knows how that worked out? But or they took the bones out of the skin. I don't really because hip <laughs> replacements. You know, there's who knows how that. Worked. I'm no scientist or doctor. You know, or some I'm shit. sure there's actually probably Surgeon. YouTube tutorials about that. I don't, I'm not looking that up, but it could be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good personally. 
yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. It makes sense. It it's honestly, if he didn't say this, I would have been fine either way. It was yeah. literally it's just it's like you said, we all expected this anyway. So if anything, it just kind of gives more clarity, but at the same time, we're like, yeah, we're like, it's fine. No, yeah, everyone's I guess good. it's it's nice to get an explanation for why it was delayed. But at the same time, I was I was just expecting it to be more work than they were expecting, because that seems like that always happens in video game in like AAA game design. Is there like, oh, yeah, we'll get it done in like three years. And it's like, mm, maybe not. Sure, <laughs> like, you will sport. Yeah. So. Uh, Long story short, like I I loved the God of War 2018 game so much that I will wait however long it takes to get a sequel. So I don't really care that it was deleted anyway, but it's just, again, nice that there is an explanation and nice that Sony Santa Monica was just actually nice about it to Christopher Judge. Yeah, for sure. It just uh, prepare for 2022, the busiest fucking year. <laughs> Right? Get all oh your games God. done now, quickly. Dude, you just like, have, like, fucking, what, Far Cry, I think? That's, like, the only game. I'm not even getting that, I don't think. So it's, like, uh, I'm getting Battlefield. That's about yeah, it. I, I don't think I'm getting anything else. There's, like, games coming to Game Pass that I'll play. But, yeah, like, 2022, though, the, the calendar for that year is starting to look insane. Just already in February, you're just like, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> Horizon and Witch Queen are like two days apart or something. Oh my god. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I, I said, I already said, I was like, Horizon seems like it would be cool. I don't know if I want to beat that in two days, so uh, I'll play it eventually. I never thought I'd say that, but I'm like, yeah, I'll be playing that eventually, probably. Witch Queen is going to be coming first. That's number one in your book, dude. Which Horizon's cool, but fucking Witch Queen's Witch Queen. <laughs> You know, I can't not play the Witch Queen on day one. Gotta see what Sabathun's planning. Exactly. Next piece of news. uh, Konami is rumored to already be uh, making fresh installments on all three of their major properties, which, of course, is Silent Hill, Castlevania, and that one game, Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear, I guess, for the series. What? Metal Gear? Yeah, that one. I can't. I wish I had a soundboard. I'd do like the fucking yeah. uh, alert sound where it's like, Bleh! and you're like, oh uh, shit. Dude, that's actually my cell phone. Uh, ring. I remember. I, yeah. I remember. Fucking well, like it starts with that and then it goes into a codec ring. <laughs> to this but, day. Uh, from what it sounds like, uh, they're going to be going uh, internal and external for development on these three franchises or the newest entries in these three uh franchises and it sounds like the one that because i think you know they still have an in-house studio that in-house studio most likely will be yeah they're the ones i think that did aren't they the ones that did mulgar survive i'm pretty sure oh yeah i guess someone would have had to do that (laughs) yeah uh but you know there's other companies like who was making silent hills before like, I don't think it was fully Hideo Kojima because I think he was working with the studio That's that was a... doing that because he was still working on Metal Gear Solid 5 when he left. Like, they were still working on that game. That's a good point. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Who was making Lords of Shadow 2? I don't think it was Kojima Productions. No. Lords of Shadow 1. God, that was such a disappointing game. Lords of Shadow 1 was so good, but 2 was just awful. 
So, uh, what it sounds like the in-house studio will be doing Castlevania, and it'll be a full reimagining of the series. Uh, I guess kind of like maybe Lords of Shadow was. Who knows? I don't really know exactly what that's yeah. going to be. And then uh, potentially other developers from outside could be working on Milligir and Silent Hills, which, you know, begs that question of, well, who could that be? And what company would potentially maybe want to have access to those properties because maybe someone could have be could be working on them if maybe the right people with the pl- diplomatic power could yeah. be like you know i know you guys don't get along but yeah. what if we were able to publish for you and put or fund it potentially and uh produce we, yeah and it's like uh playstation exclusive and kojima might be working on it well what's interesting is that it's not the metal gear game though it wouldn't be the metal gear game. i think it would like it, if anything it would be the silent hill game i, yeah. I could see that, those are the that rumors happening. currently that yeah there's the whatever that silent hill next entry is going to be and we're not talking about that fucking what's it called abandoned we're not talking about that i forgot that ex- uh, exists. yeah i think everyone forgot about that yeah <laughs> uh, which might be good for them because i mean the only reason they were known was because of all the fucking well, they kept pissing people off like yeah. more and more yeah we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna get through that again. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's very curious because you know game awards was just announced for december 8th and mm-hmm. I feel like that could be the big reveal there is what Kojima is working on. Oh, uh, that's possible. Cause you know, that'd be pretty cool. I want to make a joke about like, he, he posts stuff to Instagram all the time. And he, it seems like he was working on just the final trailer for uh, death stranding director's cut for like a month. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, but yeah, I don't know how much work it would have taken to do the director's cut, but for sure that Death Stranding came out a while ago, or at least like a few, a couple of years ago at this point. I was at Davis. And so, the, yeah, they would have had to start working on something like since then. So why not Silent Hill? Especially since that, okay. The tragedy of Silent Hills is that, like, Konami, for some reason, was just like, no, no one gets this. We don't want to do this. You don't even get the demo anymore. It's We're taking it back. Yeah, they, so, they, they fucked up it, a lot. It might be happening in some capacity. We'll see. Yeah. And so the, the article we're looking at is from Video Game Chronicle uh, by uh, Andy Robinson. And so the, here's the interesting part. So if they're working, you know, in-house on Castlevania... That leaves Metal Gear and Silent Hills. And for Metal oh. Gear... Yeah, the, the rumor is that it'll be a Metal Gear 3 remake. Yes, and it would be made by Virtuos, who's a very big AAA developer. Interesting. And Yeah, and I don't know much about them. But yeah, because they I think they're like well. a port. They're like a porter. They not necessarily a porter, but they bring existing games to new platforms. Usually, it sounds like. Okay. On that, or just work on new AAA games. But they, it sounds like they're the ones working on this potential Metal Gear Solid Three uh, remake that could be like done from the ground up. Well, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Why or, three though? 
I so that that that's my big question because that the only reason I see them doing three is because they're trying to potentially do something chronologically, and it's also a fan favorite. Yeah, I mean, I did really really like three, the subsistence version, because that one had a much much better camera system. But but um, the we're gonna sorry. say. Uh, I don't know. For years, you and I have said that like the next thing we wanted to see from the Metal Gear series was a complete remake of Metal Gear One and Two. Yes, not solid, but not yet, like, not the solid ones. Do the original two NES and like computer games, because it would really follow full circle after Metal Gear Solid Five. It would just mm-hmm. make the most sense. But uh, it says like uh, Konami also intends to release ma- remasters of the original Metal Gear Solid games for modern consoles ahead of okay. the larger project. So they do this before the Snake Eater remake would come out, which takes away the idea we had of, you know, either Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear being remade by, well, I guess the idea was, if possible, somehow Sony gets their hands on at least maybe the license to it. And then Kojima works on Metal Gear and remakes it while Blue Point does the full remake to Metal Gear Solid. Like, you could do something like oh, that. Oh, right. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, because then Kojima could really put in the full story to Metal Gear. It would be, like, a lot but different. Here's the thing, though. D- didn't they say that Bluepoint is supposedly working? Oh, by the way, Sony bought Bluepoint. They yes. officially said so. It, yeah, they did officially uh, buy But they uh, are supposedly working on a new title, which... Which is interesting. One of the uh, kind of funny guys also said, like, that, that could... Okay, just because it doesn't necessarily, it couldn't be a Metal Gear like one remake, but why not maybe the Metal Gear, maybe they said Metal Gear one and two remake, but I don't know. Maybe that's just something I thought of. It's <laughs> like, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me wishing that Blue Point would do that. I'm pretty, as much as I'd love to see them make a new and an original game. Part of me just I really like Blue Point because. They take old stuff and They're make the it master amazing. Yeah, they they not even re- remake like they'd make on full on new titles for it. And yeah, I, I mean, definitely they... want to see more of that. And especially because I'm like, yo, if you're not doing it, like, you're just give me the fucking give me that goddamn Resistance trilogy. Do yes. that. You do don't it. have to do even a full remake. Just remaster it. Just give me the fucking games. I just, <laughs> just want to play the goddamn games, games. Again, please. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Insomniac's doing their Spider Man to... three then they'll be like, oh, this is doing really good. Well, we don't have to do a Marvel game back-to-back. You know, we could put another game in between, maybe. Please. By the way, we do Wolverine. <laughs> I was excited for Wolverine, but I was also like, fuck, that's all we're going to get from them now is Marvel yeah. games. I was like, god damn it. Uh, so there, there's, of course, all that. And then, yeah, Silent Hill, they're saying they're working on multiple titles, which is why, like, you could think one might be from Kojima, but also there could be others from other developers. It's hard to say exactly what they want to do for that. Uh, but interesting. We won't know until later. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with these and what fan pans out and what will actually like get announced officially. That's not rumored. Yeah, but it's it's cool to wonder, you know. But all right, I think that's enough news for today, right, James? Yep. That's all we got. So let's dive into the big two things we want to really get into here. First off, let's talk about the movie we saw, Shang-Chi. And 
I'm trying to make sure it's cemented in my head because that's how you're supposed to say his yeah, name they, is Shang-Chi. They literally had a moment in the movie where they specifically taught you how to say it. Like he's at, like yeah. couldn't pronounce it. And he's like, because my name's Sean, so it's Shang-Chi. Yeah. He's added the G. I love and- that moment. She, she's like, you were running from your insane crime boss dad and all you did was change your name to Sean. Which, uh, needless to say, you know, spoilers on ahead. If we're talking about the movie, of course, we're going to be spoiling. So, yeah, here we go. Um, probably, you know, a skippable movie. You could miss this. It's not that important to anything. And it was kind of whatever. Now, when I say that, I, of course, am completely kidding because this is probably one of the best Marvel movies I have seen. Uh, and it's in my top five already. Very entertaining. Yeah. I I mean, maybe I was just having a lot of fun being back at the Alamo and having great food and watching an awesome movie, but it was also just like a really, really cool, fun movie. Like I I loved basically I think yeah, every all every one of the fight scenes in this movie was fun to watch. Especially maybe the last one a little bit less so because they started getting into the CG stuff, but all the fight scenes that were just, you know, like Kung Fu movies were amazing, really well choreographed. Yeah, and the great thing about this is its biggest strength has it become a standalone film. This doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's tied into anything. It doesn't feel like it's part of like it's it's part of the MCU. Like you get that part the the portions that bits. are like, hey, Look, it's Wong. Hey, look, it's Abomination. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking uh, Captain Marvel and Hulk. Is like or what's left of Hulk. Reference and, to the snap and stuff like that. Yeah. And getting all that very briefly and instead just getting a full focus on the people on the screen, the people that we're really supposed to just think about. And you're not thinking about, oh, what does this tie into? Well, what? I mean, there is that at the end, but you don't really care as much you're just yeah. more happy with what you got which is why it does so well it just works amazingly and it does something i gotta say like people might get angry that i say this but it does something that a lot of the other mcu movies don't really do and it tackles emotion and family and really like actual relationships and I mean, you're ma- maybe that's why ant-man's also so good because it has that too and it also feels like a standalone movie that you yeah. could just watch on its own. And Ant-Man feels different, of course, because it's like much more comedy-based and it's yeah. not as lethal. Whereas Shang-Chi, yeah. you're like, oh, his mom's already dead and you see how she dies and you're like, oh, shit. And then yeah. you watch as his father dies and you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just, a, it's a hard thing and it just does so well with it, though. Like, you actually feel bad for characters that are only in a film instead of like, you know, be like, well, what about Iron Man when he died? And it's yeah. like, what about him? I know it took 10 years to build up enough emotion that you'd feel that way. Without those 10 years, who would give a fuck that he'd die? Who actually would care? I, I honestly would not have cared because it's it's just fucking Iron Man at the end of the day. <laughs> and he's just like any other random like Marvel character for me. Yeah. But, you know, they did a good job because it was like, oh, you saw him in like, Iron Man's one through three, Captain America three, uh, Avengers one, two, three, four, and every single other thing. And you're like, oh, okay, so he's like everywhere. Whereas Shang-Chi, you get him in one movie, you get his dad in one movie, 
and his dad dies and you're like fuck that was that was tough to watch that was like that was rough man that was that was pretty fucking rough they did a good job with that and they, they just doubled down on all of the family all the emotion the friends and there is comedy in it and i gotta say they're they're doing a good job now with comedy because my biggest gripe i think was with the mcu was with guardians of the galaxy one where it did a great job but the stuff they did there and in earlier movies like iron man 2 and just other like avengers and stuff like all those quips fucking just like decrease the movie's quality for me i was just like oh my god fucking quips here yeah i don't know i i think for me i just I find those fun, but I could see how they could definitely pull you out of the reality of the moment, I guess. It pulls you out of the reality, but it also just, it tones it to a point where you're like, cool, this one is jello and it's blue. This one is jello and it's orange. This one mm. is jello and it's yellow. Wow, all these jellos sure taste like jello. <laughs> and they, they just feel all the same. They all don't feel any I different than each other. That's they probably, just, yeah. I think that's probably why at this point I like to refer to the MCU as like not so much a series of movies, but like the most expensive TV show that there is. Where every like yeah, every like few months or so, there's just another two hour episode, and it's like cool, but it's it's literally it just feels like the next episode in a series. And you're like, oh, wait, wait until what happens next time, folks. And next episode on blah, 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 blah. Which I'm totally on board for. I I enjoy them. But I do see how they do all feel very samey. Yeah. But this movie isn't like that. This movie actually feels like a movie. Like, I just watched a movie. And I honestly can't, even for the movies of the the MC movies that are in my top five, like Cap 2, Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man 1. uh, What else was there? Thor 3, I think, was the other one. Like, when I look at those, they're great, but I think only Iron Man 1 is the only other film there, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, that I would say, yeah, it feels like a film. It feels like a movie that I just watched because Mm -hmm. it just feels standalone. I think Guardians, because it's just a bunch of fucking dudes doing random shit, and yeah, Thanos is there, but also... Even though everyone acted like this was the most impressive thing in the world when they watched the first Avengers movie, no one actually knew who Thanos was. So everyone was just bullshitting in the theater. And uh, I fucking know everyone was bullshitting in the theater. You all act like you knew who that was. You're all fucking liars. And Iron Man 1 is Iron Man 1. It's the beginning of everything. So it feels just like a movie with Iron Man in it. And you're like, wow, that's really fucking cool. Shang-Chi does that. And it's all the way in phase four or it's, it's like is it four now we in four it's four i think so i think it's four yeah so we're like in phase four now and shang chi does that something that we haven't seen since like guardians in phase two like that that's the first time i've seen something like that and a lot of the other i guess like number one movies or origin movies don't really have that same feeling black panther doesn't uh dr strange doesn't captain marvel doesn't Emerald definitely doesn't actually and like they all feel like they're already tied into something because you already saw black panther and captain america 3 so you're already like oh well you watch this before you even get to that and captain marvel you're like well we already knew that from avengers and like everything else and that was also just not good but it's all that kind of stuff that shang chi somehow just hits those notes and i'm not gonna lie too it helped that it wasn't in new york either 
because that gets really bland yeah, very fast. You mentioned that all the cool, like the cooler MCU movies that have happened recently all seem to take place in San Francisco. Yeah, or at least, yeah, like the Ant-Man movies and then this. Like, Ant-Man, just Venom, this. Ve- Venom is just fucking... <laughs> Venom's a stupid ride, but it's like, it's just ridiculous. Because yeah. you're like, well, at least the nothing else matters. You're just watching fucking Venom run around and be Venom. You don't have to care about anything else. It's just like its own thing, which is why. But it's also just, I think he talks to a lobster. No, he eats the lobster out of the fucking table. That Tom is Hardy is Venom. Oh, God. I uh, can't wait for Venom 2. We're watching that this Friday. It's me so uh, I'm so ready for that fucking movie. <laughs> um, but all the characters themselves are great. I think I'm just starting to run in circles there with what I'm doing. But uh, everyone from Shang-Chi himself, like Sean, played by Simon, uh, is it Simu Liu or Simu Liu? Simu Liu. He does such a good job. And he is like, there's two tones of him. There's a very serious tone that you get where he's supposed to be like, I'm my father's son. I was trained in this fucking insane, like, assassin's den. And then there's the Sean that's like, yeah, I moved here and became integrated into American society. And I'm just fucking ridiculous. We should probably go home and go uh, because we got the early uh, day or the early shift at work. Or (laughs) just like cut to them (laughs) drinking and doing karaoke. That was great. That was like actual comedy. Like you're cracking up watching that shit and you're just like, oh my God, of course they do that. And like they do such a good job with Aquafina making her like her name's like her character's name is Katie. But that character is just hilarious because she has all these issues of not I don't want to say commitment. Well, I guess commitment, not in a relationship level, but more so in terms of like driving, picking a life direction and sticking to it. And the whole thing of like that, that was actually a great line. I think it was was it Guan Guan Bo or was it the old lady that was just like you can't hit anything if you if you if you, you aim for nothing you hit nothing. Yeah, and that the whole thing where it's like you always miss because you're not even trying and stuff. And yeah. it's such a good way of saying it because the whole time you know she she's the one that's mainly like I, I don't want to do anything. Sean makes a little bit more sense because he doesn't want to be known. He's for the literally most part. hiding from his family, basically. Yeah, but she's walking around like with her fucking, fucking wacky pants and fanny yeah. pack and just looks like the like the whole movie. She's just a cartoon character, like the so, whole like, time. I love the setup where she like so it early in the movie. Sean and Katie are like out to dinner with like a couple friends of theirs and they tell the story of how they first met and it's like oh yeah she got like in between me and another dude I was gonna fight (laughs) and she just starts singing like I forget what's like Hotel California Hotel California from the Eagles at at, like the top of her lungs and she's like yeah just confuse people most people just (laughs) walk away (laughs) and then later on when they're doing the scaffolding fight she literally does that <laughs> where like some dude comes at her and she just starts singing. And it works just, like, for it, He seconds. freezes for like a second and he's just like, what? Whatever. Yeah. It's um, it's great because also you only get that. It It's crazy because you're like, oh, this isn't the first time that happened. You're like, oh shit, that isn't the first time that's happened. Yeah. The fucking dance off in Guardians 1 is just like, oh yeah. Hey, I'm distracting you. Was it, you I forget what he calls them, but like turd blossom or something? Uh, turd blossom what was turd blossom yeah uh i was trying to it was like instantly clicked in my head but yeah no she's great and you get her growth 
through it too. Like each character has some form of growth, whether yeah. it's Shang Chi, whether it's Katie, whether it's uh, what was his sister's name again? It was um, oh oh I forget her name. Jialing. Jil- yeah, Jialing. I'm sorry, even, guys. I can't. I can't yeah. say that. I, th- I want to say father. Jil- yeah, like like I love that he started off as this ruthless conqueror. And then he tried to find this one hidden village and came across what would be Shang-Chi's mother, Lee. And he just like got his ass whooped by her. And he's just like, oh, I, I, I like this woman. And I just, I love that for a brief period, he lived as like a normal person with her until she got murdered. And he was like, okay, murder now. Yeah, I'm just, like every, you were wrong. I can't change and everything. Like it, it was such a good story of just like redemption and then yeah. just completely falling off because he was relying on that on her mostly, and because of that, he turns his kids into weapons. And yeah. watching their progression too, like everyone has great progression. Like even the villain has progression, even though it's like mm-hmm. a little, I guess not mind controlled, but he's being influenced by a fucking demon from another dimension. But yeah. like pretty, pretty much all the characters had pretty fleshed out uh, character arcs. Even Razor Fist has character yeah. progression. He learns how to work with people from the enemy side after he watches that dude get his soul sucked out. And we know he's a car enthusiast. And he's Romanian. <laughs> the Romanian blade man is like Razor yeah. Fist, uh, which I think that's like, was that the, the first Romanian character we've seen? Yeah. Uh, as a Romanian Jew, I was I was slightly appreciative of it. I was like, "Oh, nice, one win for me, awesome yeah. <laughs> representation." Yeah. Now I just don't have my, only Michael Pena as the Mexican representation. I have this guy in the other camp. Uh, I'm getting there, guys, one by one. <laughs> uh, and it was great from start to finish. Like you have instantly action on a bus already and it's just like Dude, all that these fight crazy... was so good it was fantastic it, there it's a mix of combat humor um somewhat worry but not too much like the fucking the the guy uh streaming or that like uh, live love he has uh, like yeah, the one he's doing. i love he has the one line where he's like yeah so i used to take karate lessons so i could actually grade this as we go so fucking good and he's like hey yeah what's up what's up what's up everyone's like running past him yeah that was fantastic like everything they do you got this bro oh my bad (laughs) (laughs) the fucking fist comes out oh god it was it's so good they they did such a good job with it because you're you know when to laugh you know when to feel bad you know when to like it it you feel all the emotions you're supposed to and it is a mix because there is everything there are moments where it is like oh shit this should be serious and there are a couple moments where it's like oh it's kind of funny or whatever but that's usually because aquafina is aquafina but uh everything else just works so well and having the full cast in there like uh his sister was really fun to like watch she went from like oh i waited for my brother for six years yeah and then i said fuck it and then like at this whole time i've been training and she creates her own underground fighting ring and then after her father passes takes over his empire and then just moves her fighting ring there 
but not just like moves her fire fighting ring there. Like she just she's like training new soldiers, and she integrates her father's own men into her thing. Like she basically yeah. just is like, I took everything. Razor Fist is now my right hand. Besides yeah. the guy I already had that was like, and I love that she tells ridiculous. she tells Shang that like, oh yeah, no, I'll stick around to dismantle father's empire. And in well, no, he reality- never. She uh, he said that like he's like, oh, she did that like. Well, but, I, I just assumed that that's what she said she was going to do. And he was I like, guess, oh, yeah, that makes sense. and he's just like, oh, yeah, of course, that makes sense. And in reality, she's like, no, I'm I'm, I'm taking it for myself. <laughs> Mine. Which, which works perfect. Like, I don't think she's going to be like her father where it's like, you know, his whole thing was, oh, I'm conquering the world. Oh, now I'm just assassinating people left and right. I mean, and we'll causing see. world events to unfold. She could end up being like a recurring uh, criminal like presence, I guess. Like a in, neutral player. Yeah, like in future movies and stuff. Because like they're setting up uh ooh, Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter as the weapons broker or whatever. What what was she called? Shadow think- not the shadow broker. That's a mass effect. It was uh wasn't it just the broker? Uh okay, just the broker. I don't know. I I'll say Something like there's that. so many broker names, it's not worth it either. Uh but yeah, like she her whole thing, there's build up with her, there's build up with um that uh julia louis travis character and yeah. like all these weird like middle ground characters so you're seeing kind of like a third faction come because Seems like you they're ha- trying to just flesh out the back the background a little bit yeah build up where all of a sudden you go to madripoor or something and you're like oh shit it's madripoor and yeah. whatnot i know and who, who they're going to go to, uh, deal with yeah so you have those and i forget where this place is supposed to be located it's somewhere in china right or is it just somewhere you assume the I would imagine so because they had to get to that village. They had to go through a bamboo forest, and there's not that many anywhere but like China. Yeah, unless there's like some Maybe in Japan. Southeast Asia or something. I don't really know, but yeah. So there's all that. Her character is really great, and you see the whole thing with like when they get to the village. Uh, their aunt is like, you don't have to live in the shadows any longer. You know, we're here, we're equals. And that also influences her when she does take over and she's like, yo, equality y'all. And has like, yeah, like an equal amount of female and male warriors pretty much. And it's just some crazy, there's like graffiti art and shit there. But yeah, she brings some style to the place. Yeah. And you get to the village too. Like the village is awesome. You have, um, I forget the aunt's played by, um, what's her name again? Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Like, you know, she's in fucking James Bond. And uh, remember, uh, was it Tomorrow Never Dies? Was that the one? No, wait, no, that's the one we're about to watch. Or is that the... No, No Time to Die. No, that's No Time to Die. Yeah, so Tomorrow Never Dies is the one I'm thinking of. It's the Pierce Brosnan. It's the third Pierce Brosnan movie, I think. Or is it the second? It's either that or World is Not Enough. It's like the next... It's like, he does four. I don't know. Anyway, she's in that. Uh, She's, I think, in Crazy Rich... Asians. I didn't really watch that movie, but I think she's supposed to be in that. But she's been in a bunch of other stuff too. And she's like the aunt who is like their mother, Lee, who can control pretty much like I don't want to say the wind necessarily. Like she can move with the wind and take yeah. advantage of what it's doing. And it's really cool because she teaches Shang-Chi how to do all that stuff. And it's supposed to be what he needs to do to defeat his father because he can't just go with what his father taught him he has to use what his mother did because she's the only one that's ever beaten him and it, it does work to an extent uh until like you know the fucking demon comes out and then just yeah. starts eating everyone's souls but which I, if anything that's maybe my 
only gripe with this movie is that the true final villain kind of comes out of nowhere and is some just kind of nameless thing generic thing yeah. yeah i mean the whole thing like it's one of those multi-faction things where that's the true villain but also the father is somewhat the villain and he has the whole list of people that are also villains because each there, there's like a whole retinue of guys you have razor fist who's the guy that's been chasing him you have um what was his sensei called like um i think his name i, don't, I honestly don't know what the dude's name was uh maybe just root yeah i'm not sure what his name was but it was supposed to be the teacher shang chi's teacher when he was young the guy with the mask yeah and he keeps beating uh, the shit out of him so shang like you get all these flashbacks when shang chi tries to chase him and get back the pendant and like that dude is also one of those characters and you even get that in that full battle like he fights their aunt razor fist fights his sister and then he goes for his father so like there's already other faces besides just henchmen and even though it didn't really you know fully pan out for them considering even though this dude was his teacher and he seems like some badass dude he just gets got one by one of the soul takers to just fucking take his soul and it's like oh i guess everyone's fucked (laughs) so it doesn't really matter how good you are you should probably team up now and yeah then we get like those demon creatures and everyone has to team up which is cool honestly too because they don't make all these characters completely hated necessarily like racer fist you could see there's some fun you could have with them from him just going like, that's my car to like, yeah. oh yeah, we should team up and stuff. And you know, they, they have full respect. The minute they start teaming up, they like fully team up. They work together completely where they're even saving each other. And it's just really awesome to see that. Cause you don't really get that kind of, everything feels very much just left or right for the most part. Now it's either a good guy and bad guy. You don't see too much turning unless you're watching like, dragon ball or something i, don't, I can't yeah. remember what else yeah because like, you don't see the villains kind of like i don't want to say turn into heroes but they just team up i guess in comics they've been doing that for certain characters but that's that's really the extent of it i want to say and it, i I'm, I'm glad razor fist survives because you're like he could be cool with other stuff he didn't he might fight heroes he might help the heroes later like he could probably do both and so can Shang-Chi's sister. She could probably do both also. And Shang-Chi himself, you know, you get all the future stuff where it's like, oh, you might deal with Fing Fang Foom because you got the rings now. Also, you'll yeah. be working with the Avengers. And most likely, because he's in San Francisco, and Ant-Man's in San Francisco, and Kate Bishop is also known in the, like, book I'm about to talk about, but, like, we're potentially seeing a new set of Avengers and we're not talking about like, Oh, it's the New York Avengers. We're talking about like West coast Avengers, which would be really, really fun to really do that switch up. Cause that Definitely. is an actual thing. And I think before, cause you know, there's a lot of like, when you get into the big team books for both, like let's say justice league and the Avengers, you have a whole set of different ones you have. Oh, it's the regular Avengers. Then there's the new Avengers. Then there's the West coast Avengers. Then there's the young Avengers. And then you get like the spinoff that's like the champions, just like Justice League's like there's the magic one with the dark team and the international one. Yeah. And so on and so on. But I it's interesting that they might pass up the new Avengers and just go straight to West Coast, or they call the West Coast Avengers the new Avengers. Like they could go both ways with this kind of thing. And 
you oh, could yeah. see like a new team form technically like, where the where we are in the mcu the avengers aren't a thing anymore yeah and you could see it being like oh here's ant-man shang chi uh captain falcon um who else like uh potentially i guess captain marvel if we have to <laughs> just, I'm, yeah. I'm more excited for miss marvel i'm really i want to see monica rambo and miss marvel those are the two characters yeah. that seem really cool and miss marvel you could see her there or you could see her form the champions so you know there's like a lot of potential for what they want to do uh personally i'd love to see miss marvel and uh kate bishop hawkeye with this avengers team i think it would just be a fun dynamic of characters like just see them with shang chi and ant-man it's you're just like oh this is gonna be great this just seems like it's gonna be a lot of fun for everybody imagine paul rudd talking to miss marvel you're just like oh you can stretch yourself that's crazy i can make myself into a giant ant-man <laughs> <laughs> want to see who can get bigger <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah they could actually do that contest yeah that's great or smaller honestly they could both do that shit which is great uh so the movie itself though like i said it just it hits every area and it also does great with chinese culture i personally think like they did good with everything from just hitting chinese american to maybe mainland chinese even though i don't know much i know a lot more about chinese american like chinese americans because i'm fucking san franciscan that's like part of our dna practically and uh you know i don't know much about like mainland china but it felt like they did a good job with what they did in the movie with it and we don't usually get that either even though you know I'm, i'm one to complain when it's like oh china's uh involvement in disney and in hollywood and their stuff but when it's something tailored to this where it actually makes perfect sense like this is what i like this is what i want to see this makes sense to me and that's what i really enjoy and this is a good example of how you do things right with these kinds of things but um other than that like i don't you know Fing Fing Foom is probably going to be like the next big thing, whatever they're going to do with that. We'll see. I mean, or, yeah, they could be doing something else. I don't know. It's much, hard to say. I, I really don't know much about Fin Fang Foom other than he's like a sentient speaking space dragon. But like, I've never really considered him a major villain, like on the level of Galactus or anything. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's I'm ex- weird. I, what I want to see is uh, also maybe uh you want to see danny brand's iron fist meet up with shang chi and they'll be like you know we've both met dragons and they're like different dragons and like what you know how many dragons are there and then you see ping ping boom who knows i don't know i had to kill a dragon to get my power you killed a dragon yeah it's like why would you do that and it's like oh everyone we like every iron fist has to do it i guess they just keep making more dragons and then you kill it i I guess that's how that works no no no, it's cool it's cool my dragon was immortal you killed an immortal dragon comes back yeah he comes back it got better <laughs> i got better <laughs> but yeah i know that was more rambly but yeah that's shang chi unless there's uh anything else you got on that no i think we covered it pretty well very fun movie very good well choreographed fight scenes good characters so much good comedy they do such oh and trevor trevor's great he's fun yeah never thought i'd see him come back yeah ben kingsley does a fantastic job that's there's not much else to say but yeah he does he does a great job and i do want to say real fast like simu liu was right he was like yo like marvel disney have faith in this have faith in this movie we're gonna do good and they fucking did good they've held down the box office and like three weeks in a row 
yeah, he he was right. He was fully right with what he was doing. I'm glad this guy tweeted them going like, yo, make me Shang-Chi and stuff. Like, this all worked out really well. And I'm happy with everything we got in this film. And I'm almost considering buying it. But that means then I'd be like, well, what other Marvel movies do I want to buy? So I'm also considering not buying it because Disney Plus. So it's something I got to work out. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But we're not done with Marvel yet, James. Loki Pokey and the Okie Finoki. It was what? Eight episodes? Right? Uh, six episodes. It was six episodes. Yeah, it felt pretty short. But also, it, it was, yeah. It sets up some huge things for down the line. Like, you can, it's, I don't want to say it's a complaint of mine, but it's just like all the things that have been happening post Endgame. So far, I just feel like setting up the dominoes for what the next phase is going to be. So like WandaVision... Phase four is just the... It's that... um, It's the appetizer phase. Yeah. So like WandaVision was really good, but it's also like, oh, it's setting up Wanda for the next uh, phase. Like, oh, um, what else is happening? So yeah, like Loki, awesome. Setting up the next phase. Even what if that I just finished is just like, oh, shit, that's also setting up multiverse shit for the next phase. And then also we already know that Doctor Strange has his movie is in the multiverse of madness, supposedly. Starring Tommy Maguire's Spider-Man or God yeah. help us all that movie will be trash. <laughs> so Sam Raimi doing it, guys. Come on. But uh, Loki, though. The Loki base- pokey. Yes. <laughs> the, the basic premise is like, the the Loki that got away in Avengers, Avengers. Endgame yeah. is a deviant of the timeline that's like not supposed to happen, and the basically the time police pick him up and take him to time court and sentence him to death. Uh, and this is apparently like a regular. You could say thing. he's out of time. Yeah, and I like I just I love that moment where he he gets to see like out into this void that shows like the immensity of the the tva or whatever and he's just like is this actually the most powerful like thing in the universe because to hit like the the infinity stone that he had with him didn't do anything it doesn't work there and they literally have like a drawer full of them yeah they're like yeah everyone everyone's there there are paperweights here and then you're just like oh yeah, and so Loki's uh, okay. just like, oh my god, I've been trying to seize power from various places my entire life, and it's all basically nothing compared to whatever this place is, which is an interesting concept. And then they also somehow rope him into trying to prune other variants of himself, which interesting. Yeah, and... I guess, you know, I, in this, we just want to go character by character. But really, I think we're only talking about four characters at Pretty most much. here. And I guess do we just want to start off with Loki himself. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Loki we're getting has no recollection of everything that happened from pretty much Thor to all the way through Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Where so he hasn't he, learned his lesson yet. His, he doesn't know his mom died. He doesn't know. He does like, learn that pretty quickly. Yes. Because they, they do like, actually let him read like the entirety of what was supposed to happen. Yeah. And up he, into Endgame. 
Yes. And like the whole thing is this is the Loki that was the villain of the Avengers film. And this is just after his capture. So you have like the last thing that happened to him was being thrown on the ground repeatedly by the th- by the Hulk. Like that's like yeah. the last thing that's happened to him. And then he got away and then just got like taken. So he finds out everything that's happened with the real Loki that dies. Just like it was like that thing where they're like, hey, all these characters are dead permanently besides the dusted ones that are also dead permanently. And you go, yeah, but they're not dead. And then you go, well, these (laughs) ones all came back. And you're like, well, I guess Loki, Vision and Gamora are all dead, except here's new versions of them all alive. Here's new Gamora. She doesn't know Peter. Here's a new Loki. He doesn't know about other Loki stuff. And also here's Vision. He's he's working some shit out. Vision's <laughs> bleached now. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Fucking bleached. <laughs> Everything's chrome in the Vision. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking, yeah. So the line, I think they just like, you'll kill Heimdall. Fuck it. That's all they did. They just said, kill <laughs> Heimdall. That's all they fucking did with these movies. Um, all right. So he learns... Everything that happened. His mom died. His dad died. He grows enough with Thor that they become full on like they are brothers. And he learns that and he's ready to do that because he gets all that. He understands it all. Like as he watches it, he understands and you kind of see the Loki that's the Avengers villain become the Loki we see at the end of Infinity War. So he kind of evolves and it's a cool way to catch him up to the point where it's it is still that Loki we know and love from pretty much Thor Ragnarok. For the most part and it's interesting seeing him go through to like you know it's i just want to do my mischief shit and fuck this up or not fuck this up but fuck this place up to you know enact my own personal yeah he, he basically he ha- tries to hatch a plan where he can take over the tva and then he will be the de facto most powerful thing in the multiverse or whatever yeah that's his current that's his only goal is just to rule like that. that's all he wants to do and you see throughout these i was gonna say throughout this whole six episodes uh yeah. you see him go from kind of single-minded in terms of just power hungry to survival to because it, it kind of it goes from that he wants to then just survive at a certain point like yeah. he just doesn't want to die to then now i'm fighting for someone who i don't know if i love or not and then gradually to big picture Loki, who's now like, we have to stop what's coming. Yeah. And it's interesting seeing all these different like evolutions of him going through, uh, whether it's through his interactions with characters like Mobius or Sylvie to just the realization of things when he meets, um, what was his name before? Not King. Cause he's not King yet. Oh, did they even give him his name? I'm trying to because I thought it was literally just like he who remains. Oh, that. Yeah, he did have a title. Yeah. Played by Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Yeah. So you you see that full evolution. And it's interesting because like back when it was what phase one, Tom Hiddleston was just the most charismatic dude when it came to all this stuff. Like you had everyone loved loki you're just like wow loki's so much fun he's got like a weird he had a very strange cult following of people like if you think about it like it's like you feel like you'd see loki shit at hot topic potentially he's a pretty bad boy 
Yeah, he's a pretty, yeah, he's a skinny, pretty bad boy until Thanos chokes him and you're like, looks out Weasley. (laughs) (laughs) But like. Undying my ass. (laughs) Exactly. He, he does everything in six hours or less than six hours, I guess, technically. These were what, 40 episodes, 40 minutes, maybe? Uh, I think they ranged a little bit from like, you know, I could just look it up. But yeah, he like in, in about six hours or less. He he like goes through this full change to where now it's not Loki the supporting character to Thor. It's Loki the standalone guy who is now in the behind the scenes, not mainline Marvel front and center, looking at the big picture, trying to figure shit out. And it's hard to like. This is different than the other shows because. You know, WandaVision, they're like, this is a limited run. We're not doing another show with them after this. After this, they get back into full theatrical mode. And then Captain America and the Winter Soldier, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they said be, we're looking into maybe there being a, a sequel, uh, sh- or like a second season. But I think that's out of the... That's not going to happen anymore because they're making a fourth Captain America movie that will be with... Uh, Sam, uh, Sam, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have Sam. So each so, episode ranged from forty six minutes, oh, actually forty two minutes to fifty four minutes. Okay, so like closer to five hours then. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was like five hours. You know, they said six hours. They said every single one of these shows would equi- equivalent to six hours, and not one uh, of them has so I far. Just, I don't think. I just find it interesting that they're like, we don't need to make it in, like each episode a set time because we're not really trying to put it on broadcast TV to set, to fit like a specific time slot so we can make each episode whatever it needs to actually be. Yeah, which works. Yeah, I just wish they didn't say it was six hours. It's like yeah. false false advertising. And I want my money's worth. <laughs> Give us more. I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need more extra stuff to watch. I have enough things to watch already. And uh, Loki though, you know, they're getting a second season and the way the sense is just like, I think of all the, like the weird thing about these shows for Disney plus for Marvel has been, none of them can seem to fully land an ending. And like the final episodes feel like they do good, but they also feel like they miss the mark with something uh, enough that it's like, it doesn't feel fully like you don't feel that full gratification. Well, that's the thing. It's because it's, it, it, none of them are really trying to sell like a complete, finished story because it all has to lead into the next thing especially loki i think loki's was probably the worst one definitely loki it just goes you're just like that's it and they go season two and you're like for fucking sake god damn it (laughs) it was just the biggest like what you're like it makes it reminded you going oh right they do this for shows where they do that cliffhanger and go tune in next season to see what fucking happened that leads up and kind of populates the entirety of the whatever season and you're like oh okay fine yeah but like i don't know do you have anything on the character himself no not really okay all right shit all right uh what was more interesting was like i guess you could say his dynamic with specifically sylvie and when you find yeah. out about sylvie like she's that full-on variant as well but she She's supposed to be like, oh, I'm a female Loki, but she's instead Enchantress in this MCU. She's now the Enchantress of MCU. Essentially, and, yeah. 
I think in, you know, the actual 616 comic universe, there's like two or three different enchantresses. And the Sylvie one is like the second version in the comics, I want to say. And I don't think she's a variant of Loki. would not know. (laughs) It's a whole thing. Yeah, it was like from just wikiing it for the most part, because I don't really read that much into Marvel and especially not the Thor area. But uh, she definitely does a good job of being a standalone style character because they go, oh, it's a Loki variant. And then, oh, wait, she doesn't feel at all like a Loki at all. Like there's a lot different uh, personality powers where Loki is like charismatic and, you know, he's supposed to be like the fox in terms of all like the he's like the fox character and he is sneaky cunning he uses uh illusions for the most part i think the interesting difference between the two i guess would be that loki's entire life he used mischief to try to get people's attention to get people to like him whereas sylvie has had to basically be on the run her entire life and use her magic to stay hidden so she's much more devious and stuff like that that's very true. And she, you know, hers is more enchantment. She, like, takes people over and instead can control them. Where Loki does do that, but that's only in the first Avengers movie, and that's because he has the power of the Loki pokey stick. <laughs> and without that, you know, he can't do that. So, you know, he, he does this thing where he conjures up his blades, whereas she had, like, a full-on... Didn't she have, like, a sword? What did she, would she use? Her, like, weapon of choice was, like... I think she did have a sword, but it wasn't like she didn't. I did she conjure it? I don't or, think she could. No, it was, she just like had it on her back most of the time. Yeah, her magic was just a lot different. And yeah. you know, what was an interesting thing with her outfit. Did you know? I forget what was the uh, actress's name. Uh, Sophia De Martino. She had just had a baby. I did hear about this. This was actually so, interesting. Yeah, her outfit actually was uh, her her chest outfit, like the portion of her chest could actually fold out to where she could actually breastfeed without taking off the costume. Yeah, which is fucking it's, crazy. It's nice that the costume designers were actually willing to like accommodate her for that. Yeah, so that was actually really cool. But like, uh, other than that, like her outfit was pretty cool. It was just like it wasn't. It didn't really look like Enchantress. It just kind of looked like female loki there's just green and, and i like that she had kind of like a small tiara version of loki's giant ass horns yeah it's like it was like half broken and stuff yeah it was yeah like one horn was broken yeah yeah and and i do like that later on we got to see different variants of loki in that like second to last episode and one oh, of them was dude, like that was the super classic loki with like the weird ass costume and like the giant horns and he was just all sorcery no blades or anything dude that was richard e grant playing him too that was fantastic that was great (laughs) what what do you what do you say it was like um uh something purpose a glorious purpose yeah glorious purpose as the fucking uh giant death cloud killed him yeah which apparently is a thing actually from the comics yeah, I don't know anything about that one, but yeah, it was really cool just seeing that outfit. Like, it was really awesome just seeing everything about it. And he's talking about how, like, he beat Thanos because he tricked him completely. I forget how. Yeah, they which is also maybe another possible out that Loki could have survived. The idea was that, like, 
he he didn't practice conjuring knives or anything he was just all an illusion user in that in his timeline so when he when thanos tried to snap his neck in his version of infinity war i guess he was able to create an illusion so convincing that he actually convinced everyone that thanos had killed him but in reality he was just like hiding in the background or whatever and he just kind of lived out his life until he decided to get off whatever random planet he landed on. And that's when the TVA was like, no, 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 no. It's, your, your story's done, though. So we got to take you in now. You did too good. You did too damn yeah. good. And he, like like I said, he has such a good end. He, like, recreates... Um, All of Asgard. He, yeah, he makes Asgard with his power. And he's supposed to be... Basically, he's the most powerful Loki. Yeah, which is which inspires the Loki from like the main character of this series and Sylvie to be like, hey, I think we're more powerful than we actually think we are. So let's try harder. Yeah, a lot harder. And you have two other versions you have. uh, I mean, like there's others, but the two that are important. uh, Alligator Loki. Alligator Loki is great. (laughs) I think in that version, Thor is the frog. I want to say that's frog thor yeah that was super funny but that's great because he bites one of the other loki's arms off or hands yeah. off and it's just, alligator loki's fantastic like they they could easily do some animated whatever with that if they really wanted to or they could do that just live action visual effects i'm down with that either way just a fucking alligator biting shit just do a short that's all i want I don't, do it don't do anything more just do like a, a 15 minute short maximum you're good that's all we need that's all we need at all that's it but we had Kid Loki. And Kid Loki is probably my favorite version of Loki because I that's the only thing I read. And it's a journey into mystery after I think Loki dies helping them against Norman Osborn in Siege was the big Marvel event, I want to say. But Loki dies and then he comes back as a kid. And it's literally just a young boy version of Loki running around and doing shit and it's so good it is one of my favorite it's my it's one of my favorite just like random marvel things i've read that wasn't x-men i had so much enjoyment reading that and it's like by karen gillen and it's just fantastic it's just him running around and working with like thor the new mutants of of, of all teams he works with new mutants and um just does random shit with Asgard and other characters. There's a lot of like stuff with Hela. And I think at certain points you have Suture in it. Uh, the, what, what are they called? Um, shit. What's the three guys? Warriors three. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. They're in it too at a certain point. So th- there's a lot of fun with it, but that kid Loki, like it's supposed to be him and he's supposed to be the, he's the leader ironically. And he's the most, I guess you could say clever one to an extent. Well, uh, besides, like, you know, old Loki, these are, like, the two coolest Lokis, I think, more so than, like, Tom Hiddleston's and Sylvie's. Like, they just, you want more of them, if anything, especially Kid Loki. You're just like, oh, my God, imagine what they could do with Kid Loki. Well, I love that, like, when they explained what his, what type of variant he is, it's like, oh, yeah, well, what, what makes you a variant or whatever? Like, I killed Thor. And they're just like, oh, shit. Oh, okay, I see why he's in charge. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's great. And yeah, it's good seeing those different Lokis. And you see a bunch of others. There's like President Loki. There's um, yeah. 
all these just other weird versions. So I love were... that like double cross and like they like each one is constantly trying to double cross the other. That was so funny. Yeah, I think the one that betrays them that was uh, boastful Loki. It says in IMDb. That's that's what yeah. they called him. It's like uh, wait, but you like the the deal was that you would give me your army and I would get like get the kingdom or whatever. Like yeah, uh, here new plan. I'll use my army and I'll take the kingdom. It's like well yeah, I'm Loki. And then they backstab him. Yeah, like I love as the guy was explaining the the deal in my head. I was just like that doesn't make any sense. Why would he make that deal? Like of course because he's gonna double cross him. I love too that the president Loki is also Tom Hiddleston. So there, even though there's all these crazy amount of variants, there's specifically two Tom Hiddleston Lokis in this. And I think isn't that the one that gets his uh, hand bitten off? It is. Yeah, that was really funny. So fucking good. He just screams. He's like, ah. (laughs) Oh god. Yeah. So you know, Sylvie is really great. Uh, Back to her. Like, uh, you get her whole. I've been running. I've just been trying to survive. I don't trust anyone. It takes pretty much the entire show for her to eventually trust like the main Loki. And then at the end, like that whole turn where they have completely different outcomes. She is hell bent on revenge. She wants it just to end. She doesn't care about the ramification. She's basically just thinking uh, of her personal gains or personal vengeance. And this is where you see the evolution of the characters differ where loki is now actually going full big picture she's still going completely this is my plan i just care about myself this is what i want to do yeah that entire last episode is basically just i guess kang explaining why the tva exists and why like why someone has to be in charge of it and he's just like tired and wants someone to replace him and at this point loki is just like okay yeah, we've seen how crazy shit gets when, like, the multiverse is allowed to multiply or whatever. And if he's telling the truth, and if we don't keep the one timeline, there's, like, multiversal war forever. Maybe we should listen to him and keep this going. And Sylvie is just like, nah, fuck that. I want them dead. And, you know, we see her succeed. She beats Loki and kills, uh, what was his name? Shit, I forget his name. The, he who, who, uh, he who, he who remains. remains. Yes. Uh, opening the doors for King. And yeah, it, we both, we like, we know already all the characters that survived in this show will be in the next season. Most likely. Yeah. Like they couldn't not. And then of course we have Owen Wilson's Mobius. Yeah. He was and super funny. His was weird great. obsession with uh, jet skis. It, that So that was like the whole great thing about the variant reveals where it's like you think, oh, everyone at the TVA just works here. And it's like, oh, you're all variants. The ones that yeah. they could control. They basically just took you, reprogrammed you. Yeah. And you, now you work here. And then the more dangerous ones, they just fucking kill. And he gets killed, too. Like they, they figure him out and then he gets rescued along with like Loki and Sylvie and they get back out and he tries to take down the TVA from the inside along with others like that start learning about everything. Like there's the other uh, TVA agent that Sylvie convinces because she's like, this is what you used to be. And she's like, I was happy. And it's like, God damn. And she starts helping him as well. And I think, I mean, there's not too much else to say with like, he's a cool character. He's fun because he's just like, 
that pencil pusher slash field agent to an extent. Like, you don't see him do too much action. It's more so just, like, he's smart and he is just working his cases until he starts seeing what everything is really happening. And right when you think there's going to be a full-on, like, revelation... It all changes because now, oh, King's in charge. Like you see that full change. Yeah, occur. I love it. Yeah, when Loki comes back, like from the time portal or whatever, shit's already changed, and there's like a giant statue of Kang, and yeah, they he sees Mobius, and he's like, "Oh, thank God, Mobius, you're fine." Like, who are you? Yeah, they don't even recognize him. So, which you know, it's very gonna be. It's gonna be very interesting how season two goes. Yeah, but. We've got, like, the TVA under King's control. Who knows what he's supposed to do with it? Because we know he does do a lot of time shit in the comics. I don't know to what extent, but at least I've seen, like, random shit where I think he took, like, Apocalypse's kids and then... Or is it Thanos? It's either Thanos or Apocalypse's kids, and he, like, raised them. He used time to, like, oh, you're not babies anymore. You're, like, full grown, and now I can use you to fight the Avengers and stuff. It was, like, some crazy shit like that. Uh, And then you have him in the TVA... You have Sylvie doing whatever the hell she's going to do because who knows what she's going to be seeing once Kang's in charge because that's where she was, was like that office area. And Loki is now the only one potentially besides maybe Sylvie that remembers what actually occurred. Yeah. But I think the only other character, which there's not really much to say, was um, the one in charge. Uh, what was her name? Uh, R- Ravona Renslayer. Played by Gugu Mbatha-Raw. I really mm-hmm. hope I said that name correctly. I know. All right. So we're just going to say Ravona, which is her character's name. But, you know, she was interesting. She's like the one holding it all together. She knows the truth about a lot of the stuff. But it's like, you know, what else are we supposed to do? Uh, she got away, right? She just escapes. But you don't know where she went. Oh, right. Yeah. That was another thing. I just like forgot. She just kind of walks away into one of those doors and then you just don't see her again. <laughs> yeah. It's also guys like a Shang-Chi we just saw in theaters uh, like a, a couple weeks ago or like a week and yeah, a half. Loki has been like at least a month. Whenever it ended, like the last episode came out, it's the last yeah. time we watched it. So it's been a while. Um, but now we've got that out of the way. That's what I'm hoping, guys. Like the more. The, the once we're done with the backlog and we're literally knocking stuff out as we watch it we're gonna be a lot more insightful a lot more descriptive a lot more just like not wondering being like what was that thing and like just hopefully improving the quality of it all um, yeah but overall i honestly thought this show was good i it's hard to say how i feel about like these three disney plus shows as they're like the first wave and next is you know we're getting hawkeye then miss marvel and then she hulk and moon knight so like we're getting all those next but each one feels vastly different than the other, at least. Like, Mondavision had that whole weird, like, best of the sitcoms eras. Uh, Captain yeah. the, I always want to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, does a great job of, like, I guess you could say social commentary and also just making the drip of Baron Zemo come to life, incarnate. Yeah. And then... Uh, here in loki it's just like a it's just weird it's it's weird and it works like i guess you could say the biggest word of loki is just strange is probably the best word for it and i thought it worked well as much as i want to say like yeah that ending didn't 
do justice to the rest of the show. I do understand that even though they say like, yeah, these are like experiences that aren't necessarily like the stuff on TV. This is probably the most like TV because it's having a second season and it's doing that full on next time, next season, uh, you'll get this or whatever. And it's going to be interesting seeing if like, you know, all this stuff is phase four. Half of phase four is Disney plus stuff, or actually I want to say majority of it is almost Disney plus stuff practically. Uh, I think it's just because of all the movie delays, but um, phase five, I guess technically would be Loki season two, right? Do you think? Does, I don't do you know think how it'll come it out next up. year. I don't know how it all lines up anymore. I mean, <sighs> I feel like after next year's movies, it's the end of phase four. Like it's supposed to be two years worth of movies or something. See, three, where, three years worth. Where I get confused is that like for a normal show, I might be more confident in saying like, oh yeah, they could definitely do like the next season by next year. But for Marvel property stuff, it just seems like the deciding factor would be where in the overarching story does this season take place? Mm. So it's not so much that how soon could they get it done? It's more when will they need to release it? Do you think, I guess this whole thing is going to be phase four is just the setup of King in different versions. Like you have him uh, being hinted at and taking control in Loki. You have talks of him potentially in Doctor Strange, you're assuming he will physically be in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, That's possible. And I think, because I think the Phase 5 movies are technically Fantastic Four and Blade. Those are supposed to be Phase 5. Yeah. And I guess whatever Disney Plus movies come around that time. So I think the last one's like Guardians 3, I want to say. is like the end of Phase 4, maybe? I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the timeline or timeline roadmap <laughs> the, the full fucking roadmap where they're like here's the next in <laughs> yeah, how I many years i don't even know if that roadmap is like accurate anymore. accurate anymore what with the delays and stuff that's true yeah but yeah anything else on loki really no like, it was a fun experience specific? but i i do agree with you the ending felt a little bit not necessarily anticlimactic but just like not completely satisfying because it just feels like it's leading into the next thing and not so much concluding a story or answering most of the questions that they like brought up. Yeah. Very sure. Okay. All right. We're an hour and 18 minutes in. We could either stop here or, (laughs) or we just start doing karaoke. Um, I could quickly knock out the Godzilla millennium era really fast and that'll be six movies out of the way i can let you do that for sure okay so uh recently like over the last few, couple months or so a few months uh been watching showing my friends like all the millennium era godzilla films and there's six of them there's godzilla 2000 godzilla versus megagirus uh godzilla Ghidorah, mothra all-out monster attack uh which in short people just call it gmk instead of that whole fucking essay (laughs) uh godzilla against mechagodzilla godzilla tokyo sos and godzilla final wars which i remember you actually saw that one one. before yeah yeah (laughs) on psp the interesting thing about the millennium era is the the heisei era was supposed to be the last of it like 
Uh, Godzilla versus Destroyers, like the Coupe de Gras, it ends with the Oxygen Destroyer. It kind of ends where everything starts. It's like Oxygen Destroyer, everything about that. They bring back Sarazawa stuff, and you're like, it's a full end. And they're like, we'll see how America does with it. Godzilla and then you watch Godzilla. Dies. Yeah, and then we watch Godzilla in 1998, and then Japan goes, you motherfuckers. Dude, they hated that movie. Yeah, they hated it to the point where they said, fuck it, we're doing this again, and then created the Millennium Era. Like, Didn't that was they... them answering it. Dude, the Final Wars kind of just shat all over zilla too they did and you have these six movies and the difference between the millennium era and the others is this one just is chaos this is the most chaotic era of godzilla because all right look at the heisei era it's seven cohesive movies that completely just work with each other they have reoccurring characters it has a full timeline that is cohesive from start to finish and then you have the millennium era Godzilla 2000, stand alone. There is nothing relating to it. Godzilla versus Megaguirus, stand alone. There is nothing relating to it. GMK, fucking super standalone. It's like a different dimension of weird shit. It's super weird. fucking crazy. Godzilla versus Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Tokyo SOS are the only two that are together. It's like one is the sequel to the other. And okay. uh, yeah, Tokyo SOS is the sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla because they're both Mechagodzilla. And uh, then there's Final Wars, which is like more of like a weird sequel to the Showa era of Godzilla, like all of those monsters. But Godzilla 2000 is like an interesting thing because you have a giant alien that comes out from the sky and it's like a saucer. It's destroying electricity and then it turns into a monster called Orga. And Godzilla just kind of like fights it. And the interesting thing about that movie was, oh no, Godzilla's destroying like power plants and other things. Why is he doing this? Why is he like taking out electrical grids? And it's like, it's a, it's a, it's clever because they do it. So it's like, he knows what's coming and he's trying to take away its food source. Mm. And it's really interesting the way they do that. Orga's like this interesting un... Don't ever question Godzilla. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. And there's... Org is a very underrated monster. Like, you don't really see him in anything ever again. But he was just a cool, weird alien that doesn't feel anything similar at all to the likes of Ghidorah or Gigan. Because he's like a saucer that turns into a monster. It's super fucking weird, but it's really cool. So kind of like Hedera? A little bit. But Hedera is like... He's just... He, he's just built different. He's just built <laughs> different, you know? He's a good uh, monster. He can be whatever shape he wants. <laughs> yeah. And the, like the humans in there are cool. The, the big thing about this, the big, the most fun scene is there's like a business guy. It's like on and off. Like he works with the main character. He works against the main character. He's doing his own shit. He's a big businessman. At the very end, Godzilla comes up to the humans and stuff and everyone runs away and they go, oh, fuck, it's Godzilla. And he stays at the edge where Godzilla is and he's kind of like at his level. And he just looks at him and he's like, Godzilla! Uh, and Godzilla just fucking hits the part of the building he's on and just destroys it. And you just see the guy fall. And you're just like, yep. Why? That's Godzilla 2000. This uh, okay. is the first movie after 1998. I remember great. watching that movie, but... Oh, yeah, the spaceship. Yes. I, mm-hmm. t- yeah. I, have it on, it's one of, it's, I have it on VHS. I remember, you know how weird it was, like seeing that movie uh because i remember watching 1998 in theaters like three times and you know it's 1998 2000 came out in 1999 it didn't actually come out in like 2000 so the the year after 
I just remember my mom taking me going, hey, we're going to go watch another Godzilla movie. And I'm like, wow, two Godzilla movies in like two years. This is crazy. And it's like, oh, it's classic Godzilla again. I'm so confused. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird as hell. It was just like a weird, surreal, like, because there's all this buildup of 1998 commercials everywhere. You go to Costco, there's fucking Godzilla boxes. Billboards go to- all over the place. You go to Toys R Us, you get your Godzilla fucking ID badge and your sunglasses and the cool prize packs, and you get your Godzilla backpack and lunchbox. You fucking go to Taco Bell, and you keep going back to Taco Bell for more Godzilla, and Chihuahua's trying to catch the lizard, but he can't catch the lizard because he's too big. And he's like, oh, I think I need a bigger box. And you're like, oh, you'll get him someday, Chihuahua. And then you go to Godzilla 2000, and it's just like, how did my mom know about this movie to take me to this? There was no news about this movie whatsoever at yeah, all. I remember just seeing it at Blockbuster or something. It was just like, cool, another Godzilla movie. It was honestly, it's one of the, it, that one is really good. It works standalone. It's just because you're just, you're thinking it's Godzilla. Cool. The other ones, so like, uh, that one also had more background because I actually saw it as a kid. Uh, the other ones I didn't see until later. Godzilla vs. Megaguirus is interesting, like, because it does a callback to the original Rodan movie, where in the Rodan movie, uh, its food is the thing that's plaguing people. Like, they don't know Rodan exists until, oh, like, yeah. they find the nest, and it's, like, these weird larva things that keep attacking people. And Megaguirus is supposed to be the larva things if they grow to their full potential, and they become these giant dragonfly monsters. And then you think about it, and you look back at Rodan after watching Godzilla vs. Megaguirus and going... Oh my god, Rodan saved everybody. It was like, I'm keeping these in check. I'm getting my food, and they're not growing. Everyone all part wins, of the guys. Ecosystem. Yeah, it's all the ecosystem. And Godzilla versus Megaguirus, it's like, oh, that's not the thing. And then uh, it's just a lot of CGI because they have to make all these giant bugs fly around. And it looks it looks it looks fine now. It's you know? okay. It, it's okay. But it's it's weird because you're like does this fit with godzilla it's weird because you're like questioning does this fit with godzilla 2000 and by the end of it you're just kind of like i don't think it does it doesn't really feel like the same like godzilla or the same timeline and then you get to gmk and it's just fucking that's just its own fucking thing there's when you get to godzilla fans you're like oh there's show era fans there's heisei era fans there's not really millennium fans you don't meet someone going yeah the millennium era is my favorite era but you meet specifically gmk fans because it's like in this movie it's weird Godzilla's the villain to the point where they're like he's so evil he doesn't have eyes it's just white what? eyes there's no pupils oh. or anything it's just these white demon eyes so they made him like monstrous looking yes and they're like, oh, he has to be defeated by the three guardians. And it's like, well, one is uh, Baragon because we couldn't get Anguirus. I, they chose Baragon instead of Anguirus. I'm like, why the fuck would you do Baragon? And, uh, you know, if you didn't know Baragon, he's from like Destroy All Monsters. He's from Frankenstein Conquers the World. And remember that, James? <laughs> when we saw that in theaters, yep. the giant Frankenstein? Yeah. Um, and then you have Mothra. And then you have Ghidorah. And good, this is the weird movie. Dora is a good guy in this one. It's a weird. It's like the alternate dimension where Ghidorah's good, Godzilla's bad, and Godzilla's bigger than Ghidorah. So it's really fucking weird. What? And yeah, it's weird. It's got a so it's just a really weird movie, but it's really cool. Like the way they they do it in a very original way. It's like much more like ancient guardians and st- magic and things. And uh, the soundtrack is really fucking cool. 
it's just a weird movie. It's just really weird, but it works. And then they're like, what if this is, I think they try to send him through a black hole or something. That's either that or Mega Gears. One of the two happens and you just hear him come back and go like, fuck y'all, you thought that would work? I think that was Mega Gears. I think they used that in Mega Gears. But it's just strange. And I remember we all watched it and everyone's like, so what do you think we're like in this Nega world? And it's like, Comron's a Ghidorah fan. And I'm like, motherfuckers. <laughs> but it's it's very interesting that's actually a lot of people would probably recommend that movie over a lot of others because of just how original it is compared to the rest where it just does something completely new and different uh the other two are probably besides godzilla 2000 i think these two are my favorites because they're not i don't want to call them godzilla movies i would want to call them mecha godzilla movies because they're that more focused on mecha godzilla and th these are like human piloted Mechagodzilla like in Heisei era, except it's one person. And this is the cool thing, James. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. It has one movie that takes place before it, 1954. And they take the skeleton of the first Godzilla and build, use that as the foundation of building Mechagodzilla. Oh, so is that where Singular That's where they that get the idea for GVK. Yep, that's where they got it from uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm -hmm. And... So the whole time they're like, we have to, the, there's an, there's this other Godzilla and he's just like an asshole. We have to use this Mechagodzilla to fight him. And there's this female pilot that is probably honestly besides, um, uh, what's her name from crap. How'd I forget her name? The, remember I told you there was a character that's in like every single Heisei era movie. She's like the psychic girl. Oh yeah. Mickey. Family? Yeah. Yeah, so she's my favorite Godzilla human character because she's like in all these movies and it's like my favorite Godzilla films and she can like connect with Godzilla Jr. and shit. But my second favorite character is the pilot of Mechagodzilla in Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. She's got like this whole background where her team dies when she first tries to fight Godzilla and then um, or her, her partner gets killed or something and she wins over like the rest of the team with her skill and like everyone trusts her after a while except for one guy it's like it's like a fucking anime it's the closest thing to an anime show where like you have the, the pilot that's like you'll never be good and we don't trust you and you'll get us all killed blah 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 and it's just that fun just dynamics of all these characters you have the scientist who has a daughter and she's like dad you gotta ask her out and he's like i can't do that but i'm gonna keep hitting on her anyway and uh Mechagodzilla tries to fight Godzilla and then it becomes self-aware because the spirit of Godzilla is still alive in the bones of Mechagodzilla. What? So then it's like, I don't want to fight the other Godzilla. And then they eventually they'll work together to take down Godzilla and not kill him. They're like, we can't kill him, but we can at least get rid of him. Interesting. And it's just, it's so much fun. Like, it's honestly one of the best Godzilla movies, personally, besides, like, it, it's, like, honestly my favorite Heisei, uh, Millennium Era movie. I think it's this one, and then um, 2000, and then Tokyo SOS. But the cool thing, too, is they kind of do a weird evolution to the Godzilla force from the Heisei era, where they're, like, the cool pilots with all these outfits, and they control, like, Mechagodzilla and Mogira, and they are, like, honestly dudes I want to cosplay as. These are the other ones, and they have, honestly, the coolest fucking Mechagodzilla hats. And in this era, Mechagodzilla is actually called Kiru. So the whole time you're you're like, oh, so these are the Kiru movies. Like, that's where you either say, like, Showa-era Mechagodzilla, 
uh, Heisei era Mechagodzilla or Kiru. Like that's kind of how you differentiate them all. And uh, Tokyo SOS is like the same. It's like a sequel, except in this one, Mothra helps uh, fight against. The, the Mothra is like, uh, you guys using the skeleton of Godzilla in Mechagodzilla is upsetting the balance of the world. Mothra will come and kill you guys if you don't like get rid of it. Okay. And Godzilla comes back and they go, okay, fine, we'll help you fight Godzilla. But then after you got to get rid of the Mechagodzilla. And in this one, the pilot's like a guy. And I can't remember why she, the, the, the woman leaves, but it's like, it's, a, it's not as good, but it's still a fun movie. And then you have Final Wars. Like there's not much else to it. Final Wars though is actually fucking Super Saiyan anime insanity. And James, you know all about this one. This one it's is basically like, just Godzilla versus all the th- monsters again. They they basically went, we want to do Destroy All Monsters the second time, but we mean it when we say Destroy All Monsters this time. Because if you watch the original, it's just like 12 monsters beating the shit out of Ghidorah. Like Ghidorah falls down and they all just start kicking the shit out of him. And they're like, that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, it's like aliens have once again taken over like in Destroy All Monsters, all the monsters, and now they're wreaking havoc, and Godzilla's, like, frozen in ice, and they let him out, and he's like, cool, well, I'm gonna kill everyone. Like, I'll kill the monsters, but I'm also gonna kill you guys for doing all this shit to me in the first place. And he just goes through, and it's like, round one, fight uh, Zilla in Sydney, Australia, and launch him and kill him in by sending him straight into the um, the Sydney Opera House and shit. And that one is like a full on just like they shit on 1998. That was their their moment where they're like, we finally did it. Yeah, we took a complete shit on 1998 and it's over. That was so funny. They just like they I mean, from what I remember, they they set up that fight for like a good 30 seconds of like Godzilla. And I guess they called it Zilla just squaring off for like 30 straight seconds. And then Zilla runs it. Godzilla and Godzilla just like grabs him, throws him into the Sydney Opera House, nuke breaths him, and kills him immediately. I think Roland Emmerich was like, he went to the studio and was like, hey guys, so like, when do I get to make the second uh, Godzilla movie? And then they sent him this video and he says, oh, okay. <laughs> we killed your Godzilla. You <laughs> we killed never him. again. <laughs> We're not letting you do it. Uh, and he goes through, like, I think the only ones he doesn't kill is, you know, it's the ones that are usually his allies, Anguirus, Rodan, and King Caesar. But he kills everyone else hedora uh Ibera the sea monster fucking humunga uh gigan twice he kills yeah. gigan no he kills gigan once and then mothra comes and kills the second version of gigan who gets like chainsaw blades the second time it's fucking insane like they do some fucking wacky shit there's like super soldiers that are uh super powered and they have crazy abilities and they could use their guns to just take out monsters if they want to and then there's the zillions which are only appeared in the remember invasion of the astro monster no. the one where it's a show remember the guys with the 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 pointy heads they had like the antennas sticking out they had like the visors the black visors and stuff it's the one where it's rodan and godzilla versus Ghidorah in space I and Ghidorah, they're this. fighting him on like an, an asteroid and godzilla does like the jump the victory jump I probably would recognize it if I saw yeah, it. Yeah, you'd know it if you saw it. But it was interesting because they bring back the Zillions from that movie. And they're like, oh, and this one, though, they have fucking superpowers. So you have literal Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyans alongside just regular kaiju fights. And it's the most wacky, 
fucking shit I've ever seen. And like a lot of people love it. I do enjoy it, but there's also a part of me that was annoyed because as a kid or like a, as a middle schooler, I guess, I was like middle school going into high school. And this is the last Godzilla movie for 10 years. It doesn't come back until I'm like in Savannah, Georgia, and I get to watch 2014. But I'm like, dude, this is all, this is the end. <laughs> this is the fucking end. Because it was supposed to be Destroy It. And then they did this instead because in 1998 and it killed me because it, it's it's fun, but it's just ridiculous. It's just too ridiculous for me who like enjoyed the Heisei era too much. Uh, but Millennium Era is very interesting. Check it out if you really want to. But if you can't watch all of them, if you could just watch one, watch Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. If you could watch a second, then watch Godzilla 2000 and like GMK. But like Godzilla versus against Mechagodzilla is such a good movie. That one is great. But yeah, Millennium Era Godzilla. And that's six movies out of the way. Boom. All right. Ready to wrap up? Yeah. All right, guys, that has been Sutra Side Talk. Uh, if you want to, you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. It's just the title of the show with gmail.com. That's it. You can send us comments or feedback. And of course, you can send us questions. And if you send us those questions, we can read them on the show. And you can, of course, if you're the first one to get your sh- uh, question read on that episode, you'll get a copy of uh, the game Midnight Ultra on Steam. And of course, you can follow the show on various social media platforms, specifically Instagram and Twitter, at Side Talk, uh, space in between on the name. And then, of course, uh, you have TikTok now, which I will have some more content out. And that is uh, a space in between Sutro and Side Talk. There is, of course, the podcast platform you're listening on. If you can follow or subscribe, whatever it is for that platform, it would really help us out. And if it's Apple Podcast, please give us that five-star review. That would really, really help. And of course, you could follow James on Twitter at InvaderJim124. And you could follow me on Twitter at GoGoComzilla. And of course, you know, we have other shows that uh, come out all the time. We just had the Cut of Steel. Uh, we did a State of DC Comics episode where uh, Brandon Moncada and I actually talk about the comic books themselves and what's going on with that. And we've got Fandom coming up which James aren't you aren't we excited about fandom it's going to be crazy I'm kind of interested it's going to have a lot of movies and stuff so we'll have a good episode on that there's also sidewatch which uh where it's about to be october or it is october now we'll be doing some vampire stuff uh Nosferatu and Dracula and potentially we might also do an episode this month on no time to die as well which will be fun and maybe James I don't know if you'd want to be on that or not actually now that I think about it uh, if I'm going to see it anyway, my, yeah. maybe if the timing works out. Because uh, we probably talk about it there and not on side talk. Also, yeah, just watch. Make sure you watch Spectre because we'll be like. Yeah, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll rent it sometime this, this week, yeah. I guess. And we'll, we'll have some new episodes out for uh, for up to it, down to it as well. I haven't figured out what it'll be yet, but those are coming too. And with that said, we'll catch you guys next week with probably uh, more more stuff. Much more stuff. Yeah, we got we got more stuff coming. Don't worry. All right. See you later. Thanks for listening.